Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. We've talked recently about Lowe's, Home Depot, I think, also. And now we're talking about Menards. And this one's crazy. A consumer alert issued by WISN. Uh, Kent Wainscott wrote this for that TV station there in Wisconsin. Uh, thousands of dollars in store rebates have been stolen. And here's the kicker. Menards says it is up to you, the customer, to recover the stolen rebates from the thieves who stole them. <laughs> I can't make this stuff up. And I wonder, um, you know, I should start a service and just say, uh, if you're a company and you're in a bad, bad situation and you're about to open your mouth and say something to the public, maybe you should call me and uh, with a consultation fee as a public relations expert, I will tell you, by the way, here's one thing you shouldn't do and don't say this. And I could have saved these people a lot of embarrassment because this ain't going to work. But uh, a Whitefish Bay couple says they're out thousands of dollars in store rebates. Thousands of dollars. They are frequent shoppers at Menards and say they factor the store's popular 11% rebate incentive into their budget for home renovation projects. So Menards apparently has a program whereby if you spend money there, they'll kick some money back to you as a rebate. But you got to spend it first, then you get it back. So Krista... One of the people in that couple there says those rebate certificates never arrived. And she's talking about this time we happened to spend nearly $20,000. So we were supposed to be awarded $2,200. That's how it works, 11%. So the certificates never came. So she wrote to Menards and asked them about the delay. And they said, oh, the rebates had already been redeemed. You're all set. A Menards rep informed her that the postcard-like rebate certificates had been apparently stolen from the mail and redeemed from merchandise by someone else. So she asked the company to replace the stolen rebates, and she says, Menards told us that they're not going to replace our rebates. It's up to the police to identify the thieves and for the thieves to give us our rebate back. So I'm not sure how long <laughs> you've got to be a member of our society to understand that's not how it works. That's that's not how it works. An email to the woman from a Menards investigator reads, I'm sorry, but Menards cannot replace rebates that have already been spent. Cannot. They can't. <laughs> Will not? No, no, no. They cannot. It would be up to the person who used it to reimburse you. Who'd have, who'd have thunk it was that easy? WISN News reached out to Menards, who would confirm only the company is working with police and U.S. postal authorities, but would not comment on the company's rebate policy. But they're saying that they saw the email from Menards that said that. Menards cannot replace rebates that have already been spent. It would be up to the person who used it to reimburse you. Just go nicely ask the thief to give you your stuff back. Oh, wait, you don't know who the thief is, do you? Menards informed her the purchase details and video of the suspects has been sent to the Whitefish Bay Police Department. That department tells WISN 12 News that the lead agency on the case is the United States Postal Service Office of the Inspector General. That office investigates cases of suspected theft involving postal employees. So they're saying that they may have figured it out there's an inside job at the post office. Possibly. Possibly. Which, by the way, would complicate things a little bit, but make it even more likely, I would think, that Menards is on the hook. We'll get there. 
Whitefish Bay police say the suspect has been identified and interviewed by postal authorities, but the U.S. Attorney's Office has not filed any charges yet in the case. Now, Menards did send this woman a certificate for the remaining non-redeemed balance of her rebate amounting to $88.03. She says, I just really would like my rebate back that I worked very hard for and spent a lot of money to earn, she said. And that's the end of the story. So here's the thing. Somebody promises to give you something. And let's assume it's a legally binding promise. Like in this case, it would be. It's a rebate. And so if they advertise that you spend money here and we'll rebate something to you, that's a promise that once you've spent money, you've fulfilled your part of the bargain. They then have to refund the rebate to you. So if they say that they took it and put it in the mail and it never got to you, if it never got to you, that's their problem. And by the way, some people might say, but Steve, what if it did get to you and you lied and said you didn't or something? That's another story altogether. That argument has not been raised here. It appears that the parties all agree that she's entitled to a rebate, which Menards printed, put in the mail, and once it got in the mail, it disappeared, but it never got to her. So first of all, Menards owes her the money. She did not get the money that they owe her. So number one, they owe her the money. That's just (laughs) painfully obvious. But there's a couple other issues that we should probably look at. And one of them is, how easy is it to redeem these rebates if it's made out to this woman and just anybody can walk into a Menards and use it? They don't check ID? They, they Really? Like, isn't that the equivalent of a check that can be spent at the store? Shouldn't they say that you have to use some kind of ID? And if they don't, isn't that also on them? And so... Here is the other weird part about this, is that oftentimes in the law, the law will say, well, let's take a look at a situation as it unfolds. And I'm going to get obscure on you guys here. And I understand that, and gals too, by the way, uh, I'm going to, I understand that some of you don't like it when I go too far off on a tangent, but I'm going to try to explain something very simply here to understand a concept at law, okay? Back in the old days, trains crisscrossed the nations, plural. And trains were extremely important and used much more than they are today. And trains also occasionally had smokestacks that came up and spewed smoke and sparks, embers, things like that that came out of the burner and so on. So a train has an easement across your property with the railroad company. And you are a farmer. You've got a farmer field that you farm the field. You're a farmer (laughs) with a field. And you grow crops out there. And there's a train track that runs right through your property. So you grow all your stuff on the farm up to the edge of the train track, but you can't grow it on the train tracks. And also you don't grow it right up to the exact edge because then it's too close to the train. So you, you, you back it off a few feet. So you grow a crop that's actually flammable. And there are some crops that will catch fire at certain times of the year. So you spend an entire year growing your crops. And one day a train's going through your field spewing sparks for some odd reason and it catches your field on fire and your crops burn to the ground so you sue the train company and say hey it was your negligence that allowed these sparks to be emitted from your smokestack and burn my fields down i want you to pay for my fields and the train companies used to go into court all the time and say wait a second was it news to you that a train track crossed your property really You know there's trains coming and going. You know they spew sparks. It's your job to work your fields back farther 
so that the sparks can't catch them on fire. That's your fault. You're negligent for not keeping your crops back from our train tracks. And for a while, courts bought that because courts tend to sometimes side with the people who've got the most money. And it took a couple of genius judges to go, wait a second. Let's just think about this for a second. One train driving across the country passes through how many farm fields? Okay. And let's suppose that we make every single one of those farmers farm back far enough to where his crops can't catch on fire. What's the loss to society for doing that versus the cost of telling the train company that they've actually got to put a spark arrestor on their smokestack, which, by the way, they had. They just didn't want to buy because it was too expensive. But which is more expensive? The loss of all the crops not being grown in an attempt to keep the crops from catching on fire or the cost of the spark arrestor? Guess what? Spark arrestor was a minuscule fraction of the cost. And so the court said, if we're going to simply look at this, what's best for society? What's best for society? Where does this cost us the least? Obvious solution is a spark arrestor on the train. That way, the farmers can use more of their fields, which is better for everybody, by the way, which will also theoretically bring in the costs of goods in America. That's just, that's, so that's what they wound up doing. And the interesting thing is a lot of stuff in the law uh, is not necessarily right and wrong in the, in the grandest sense of this, right? But when you look at the equation of the cost to society of the farmers farming their crops back versus letting them farm to here, but also putting the spark arrestor here, when you look at simply which costs society more, you go, oh, it makes more sense to shift the cost to the trains because they're the ones who can fix this the cheapest. So let's take that example. I know it's a distant one, but take that example now and compare it to the situation with Menards. So Menards owes you money and they're going to mail you a check or something the equivalent of a piece of paper that is redeemable for merchandise at one of their stores. They print this thing up and they mail it and it gets stolen. Now, you never got it. In that transaction, who is, first of all, who do you think is liable there? Just, just, let's just ask ourselves that simple question. Who's liable? The person who didn't get it or the people who mailed it and it didn't get to where they wanted it to go? Now, you might say, Steve, you're missing the mail system in the middle here. There's a third party. The post office somehow is in the middle here. And, and they've been inserted into this. Yeah, but who does the risk of loss fall on there? Does it fall on Menards, who chose the post office, or the customer who's simply waiting for their refund to show up? Because don't forget, Menards, like for instance, could have emailed them something, right? Menards could have FedExed it, UPSed it. There's all kinds of ways that Menards could have gotten it to them. Menards chose the instrument of shipping, which happened to be bad, apparently. Whose fault is that again? And then finally, simply, who is in a position to fix this? The customer or Menards? And Menards, by fixing it, what I mean is they could have chosen a method that made more sense and was harder to have this happen to. For instance, Menards could have sent out things that didn't look obviously like rebates that anybody could cash. And Menards could also say, we're going to require identification to redeem your rebates. So that when somebody walks into a Menards, goes, hi, I'm Christy. This is my rebate. 
I know it's going to get a bunch of jokes, but all kinds of things happening in our modern society. But you get my point is that all they got to do is say, oh, I'm sorry. The rebates is right here. Must show ID to redeem. Can I see your ID? Right. So Menards obviously is in a position to fix it, to keep it from happening again, to do whatever they got to do. And they have the duty to get it to you. They're the ones who owe you something. And they cannot say, we have extinguished our debt to you by letting the money fall into somebody else's hands. That's absurd. And, and so getting back to one of the things I said earlier, when Menards told us they're not going to replace our rebates, that's up to the police to identify the thieves, and it's up to the thieves to give us our rebate back. <laughs> I hope somebody at Menards right now has been called on the carpet by somebody important who said, did you really tell the press <laughs> or people in a way that would get the press that they've got to find the thieves and ask the thieves for their money back? Because <laughs> that does not make us look terribly smart. But that's in WISN. Kent Wayne Scott wrote that. It's a consumer alert. Thousands of dollars in store rebates have been stolen from Menards customers uh, in the Postal Service. Sam, Rob, and Jason all sent it. Thanks a lot. Questions or comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. Mountain and man are much alike. The more you know, the less you fear.